Welcome to the Miller Oddcast, a brand new podcast from the Missouri Review. For over 40 years now, TMR has been discovering and publishing the best contemporary writing in fiction, nonfiction, and poetry. Our quarterly magazine appears in print, digital, and audio formats. Learn more at MissouriReview.com. Hello and welcome to the Miller Oddcast, the Missouri Review podcast where we listen to and discuss the finalists for the 2021 Miller Audio Prize. I'm Mark McKee, TMR's Managing Editor. Thank you for being here for episode 53, featuring the latest finalist for the Miller Audio Prize in prose, Clarity, from M.M. Kaufman. M.M. Kaufman splits her time between New Orleans and Georgia. She earned an MFA in the University of New Orleans Creative Writing Workshop and holds a Fulbright scholarship for her time teaching in Indonesia. She is the managing editor at Rejection Letters, reads for No Contact, manages social media for the Tennessee Williams and New Orleans Literary Festival, the Saints and Sisters LGBTQ Festival, and the micro-podcast of Literary Hub. She has work published in Slushpile Magazine, Memoir Mixtapes, The Normal School, Hobart, Shift, Metonym Journal, Sundog Lit, Orange Blush Zine, and our name is Amplify. Find her on Twitter, at mm underscore Kaufman, and on her website, mmkaufman.com. Clarity was originally published in Hobart. Get to know more about M.M. Kaufman on Twitter and Instagram. We'll leave those handles up in the show notes. And stay tuned after the story for a brief commentary by me. But now, Clarity from M.M. Kaufman. One. It was clear she had been here from the smell of wind in the room. Wind does have a smell. A smell all its own, and that is the scent that she carried with her. She came, but she didn't wait to see me. She waited in the front room, but she didn't leave a note. Dead leaves from the daylilies are newly scattered across the coffee table. Dust was blown from the tops of picture frames. Her presence left a mark. Pictures of my parents holding me, pictures of their parents holding them, and pictures of their parents holding them and them and them. It continues across each wall of the small room. Our sprawling web of baby and teenage and adult and elder faces. It seems not that long ago a certainty that her face would join the web. Another spider amongst us. Photographs would never have captured her wind, I tell myself. To stay here would have been to still that. Her gales cast under a terracotta roof and clapboard shutters. She did come all the same. And her presence leaves a mark. I can always say that once she was here and once she was mine. I can always tell myself she considered it. Two. It was clear his problem was that he was a poet. Poetry is for one's private life. A page or two in the morning or evening, a few verses for parties, something memorized for dentist visits. But you couldn't make pillars out of it. It would leave all of your relationships defined with watery gray lines. 
poetry is both how he attracted that girl, a hummingbird to sugar water, and how he lost her. He didn't know she was a hummingbird that wanted a cage for her heart, not her body. But he only saw her as a poem, not a woman, not even a bird. She came today, presumably to see him, to give a formal goodbye. But we think it was really for us. She wanted to give us all one more of her eye-squinting studies. She wanted to count the tiny cloth-covered buttons on our coats, the buckles on our shoes, the bones in our corsets. She didn't feel distanced the way other people do when looking at old photographs like us, and we did like her for that. She did consider joining us. The possibility was thrilling in its way, but that is where the thrill began and ended. Possibility. Once you made a choice like the poet and this house and these family-lined walls, your possibilities were, well, here. Three. It was clear that I would be loved. But the enemy of love is boredom, and I'm too young for that fight. Four. It was clear they had no business using us as their metaphors. Why should you compare your lives to ours? We do not live with all that mess. We are powerful and elegant, and despite all your blubbering and thrashing about, you will never know how it feels for your heart to beat 1,260 times a minute. Love is rage with rhythm. You can hear, but not see our wings. That is the secret. That is where the girl went wrong. She let him know how fast she could fly. What can you get but something fleeting if you live like that? What do you get when all you fear is the torpor that gets you to the next boon? Five. It was clear that I raised her to leave as soon as she was able. It was not a lack of affection, it was a gift. Her father would roll his eyes and say, here goes another flying lesson. When I started on taxes, minor car fixes, beauty products to splurge on and which to budget, or how to pick any lock. This list was never ending each day. I never said she had to fly. I only wanted to give her wings, the kind of wings that would make her fly steady, not too high to the sun and not too low to the water. When I wasn't there, or when she wanted to close her eyes and forget herself now and again. That was the part she had trouble with, sitting with oneself. She was not a child for any kind of rest and not a teenager for any kind of introspection, not an adult for setting down roots, an animals over plants kind of person, the waterfall instead of the lake. Six. It was clear that it was going to be a long red light at the intersection to get on the interstate. He was only passing through, but he would wait for the traffic coming and going from this city all the same. A truck pulled up alongside his car, and he knew it was her before he looked. He could smell the wind over the car exhaust and smoke from the fast food joint. He turned the radio up and then down before he looked. She was already looking at him. He had never seen her face so still before. 
he had been wondering if he would ever see her again, and if he did, what she would say or do. He imagined her face lighting up with love, desire, and obvious regret. He envisioned it crumbling with anxiety and dread. He hadn't expected this. He couldn't call it indifference. He could only describe it later to friends as, it was like we ran into each other, but 70 years into the future. She kept her placid expression as she said, I did consider it. And then he was looking at the exit right to I-20 sign and cars were blaring behind him. The light was green and she was gone. Seven. It was clear to him that we were dead as we lay crumpled and dry on the table. But we died long before we came to this house. We knew death was coming before even the shears reached our row. We heard the sweet slinging sound of the blades wicking through our green stalks. We smelled the death perfume of the lily heads bobbing above us. We bloated ourselves from water that seemed never ending and fresh with movement. It was the water that brought the rot. The stalks were shredded and the still water pooled around them, so we were left with nothing. We wilted and fell and dried. But we did not die then. No. We died a long time ago. When man's hand first put our seed into the earth. Hi there, Internet. What it do? You've just listened to the lovely, charmingly elusive Clarity by M.M. Kaufman. I love trying to put my finger on, or my words to, the much of what's going on in this multi-narrated account. I want to call it a hummingbird ghost story, just because that's fun to say. But what a wonderful and elegant turn on the story of a presumably romantic partner departing. It's a story, as they say, that's old as time. Someone mysterious in the beginning, the middle, and the end. And there's a lot to admire about how each narrative voice is subtly and richly, undeniably distinct. Whether that narrator is cheekily regarding a self-regarding, jilted poet, or a slyly brusque hummingbird. But then there's the final section. A post-mortal voice reaching all the way back to the beginning of human imposition, the planting of the first seed, which leaves us with the inevitability of mortality and its many intimations. If you really want to do yourself a favor, go and listen to it again. Listen to it a couple more times. Thanks so much for being here, and stay tuned. The next Miller Oddcast will be along directly. Take care. Thanks for being here with us for Miller Oddcast number 53, Clarity, by M.M. Kaufman. Episode 54 will be here before you know it, so keep a watchful ear and a listening eye about you. Thanks, as always, to the outgoing Missouri Review Contest editor, Bailey Boyd, and to Patricia Miller for her generous support for the Miller Audio Prize. Be alert. Entries are now open for the second annual Perkoff Prize, the new opportunity from the Missouri Review 
which awards $3,000 in publication to the poet, fiction writer, and essayist with the best work engaging the fields of health and medicine in evocative ways. Learn more on our website or subscribe to our newsletter for weekly updates. As ever, TMR is open for submissions year-round, and we remain dedicated to discovering and publishing the best contemporary writing in fiction, nonfiction, and poetry. Be heard. Give us the opportunity to discover you. Submit your work today. We also have tons of marvelous free creative content to read, listen to, and even watch on our website. Learn more at missouriReview.com.